Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the TCL studios, it's Mackie and Judd. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Now launching. Mackie and Judd. We get things rolling with the opening bell. Want to ring the bell? Timberwolves forced the turnover. Bogey, we said he could run. He can also fly. That's going to be fun to watch in replay because that dunk sent like four kings flying off into different parts of the court. It's like they were repelled by the strength of Josh Okogie. A 20-5 run for Minnesota, and then Okogie with the block. You can't keep this man down. You've got to find a role for him night in and night out. Looking for more. He'll dish it to Gorgie Jang and pick up a dime. It's great when you have that great of momentum, guys are making shots um, and we getting stops. I think the funnest part is just turning our defense into offense. Uh, it gets us going. Uh, it saves us. It saves us time on uh, not being able to, not having to, excuse me, not having to run offense and just, you know, fast break. You know, that's the way we want to play. That's what coach has been emphasizing. So, you know, we're able to get the stops and we're good. And I think second our unit provides that energy that uh, we need to get stops. You notice how the energy has gone down since. Josh Akogi's left the game. Do you feel how the energy has just left the building? One guy in a basketball game can so impact the game. Well, it, it also has something to do with Derek Rose has that ability. Sizable. You know, obviously, is, I know, but I'm just saying, though, like just defensively, how he flies around and makes stuff happen. By the way, just Gordon. stuff happens. We're going to look for situations that we can use him. You know, and the thing that I like, you know, I think he's grown quite a bit. I think even when he's not in the rotation, you know, I like the way he's approaching things, how he is in practice, how he watches film. He, he's asking great questions. He's engaged. So he's doing all the things he should be doing. All right, Danny Cunningham. Ten, Hello, Judd. Ten points, three assists and two steals and a 132-105 win against the Kings. Does not, when you see the box score, knock your socks off exactly. Plus 33 does. But yes, Josh Okogie last night. Did we finally, have we finally seen enough? Uh, and he obviously played more because uh, Jeff Teague was out and the domino effect was to get him to play more then. Have we finally seen enough? Did we? Did Tibbs finally see things last night that are going to force him to at least play this guy as part of his rotation. I get he's not a starter, and I get that that's probably asking too much. But I don't think, after what we saw last night, it's asking too much that Josh Okogie have a regular role on this team. 
I don't know what more he can do. Like, what else does he have to prove? No, I think this is more he a Tibbs is, thing. Oh, this I is, agree. Has Tibbs seen I, enough? I agree. He this can't is, do anything more. Exactly. If he hasn't seen enough now, when will he? What's going to be enough? If this isn't, that's the next question I have is, well, then what is? And Tibbs has said, you know, he's good in practice. He's attentive. He's doing all the things that you would want a rookie to be doing. He's improving. There's no question in my mind he's a better basketball player right now than earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. But what's enough? Because if this isn't, I want to know what is. There's no question that the Wolves are a better team when he plays. Sure, he's not going to be a high-usage guy offensively, but he's going to make plays. He's going to do things, and I said that's kind of the best way to describe him the entire year is just he does things. Not all of them are good. A lot of them are. Some of them are some rookie mistakes, but he's always around chaos, and it's usually good chaos chaos. for the Wolves. Yes, He He provides you a spark that you otherwise do not have. Yes, exactly. He's like a younger version of Robert Covington. Maybe not quite as good defensively. Not as good of a three-point shooter yet. But he's a younger version of that player. There's no compelling case not to play him. No, so, none. So the only you can't tell me Jeff Teague is compelling. Well, that's my question. So Teague is now he he did not play last night. He's not going to play Won't again play against either. Detroit tomorrow night. But when Jeff Teague comes back, what's the answer here? What's the answer to simply get this guy more playing time? You've got to find that. You've got make to up find the rules yourself. You've got to. Oh, if, I mean, if I'm making up the rules yeah, myself, just, make, just go. Oh, I'm making trades, man. I'm wheeling and dealing, Judd. Jeff T gone. Oh, Jeff T's out of here, man. He just doesn't fit. And it's not an indictment on Jeff as a player. And even Tibbs said today that, you know, he plays a very unique style, which is fine. Interpret that. Dribbles a lot. Dribbles a lot. Wait, waits until the shot clock's just about over and then hands <laughs> the ball to someone else. Um, but. He doesn't fit in with what the Wolves do. If you looked at last night, and look how good Tyus Jones looked last night. Derrick Rose did not shoot the ball well last night. I think he was 3 of 12 from the field. But he gave the team very good point guard minutes because he was the point guard. Tyus Jones and Derrick Rose did not share the floor for a single second last night. Every time Tyus subbed in, Derrick Rose subbed out. They spent no time on the floor together. And Tyus looked awesome because he had the ability to be the point guard. There was no question about it. The ball was in his hands. He was the playmaker on the floor in those units. And that's when he's at his best. He's not a guy that can play off the ball that well. And when when he's on the floor with Derrick Rose, the ball's in Derrick Rose's hands so often, it's hard for Tyus to be able to be aggressive and do the things he did last night. Right. So what's the what's the other option well, here? Okay, but let's say you, you do that and Tyus plays a lot more. Is Tyus going to thrive as much playing a lot more, or is there a happy medium that you need to reach here with Tyus? If as you far could have Tyus around 22, 23 minutes, like you, I think last night you probably finished around 27, but that's because Derrick Rose played no minutes in the fourth quarter because the game was out of reach, um, unlike somebody else. Um, we'll get to that in a second because yes. I, I have a question about that. Yeah, um, <laughs> Tyus played 24 minutes last night, which is – Fine, maybe a few too many, but you're not going to see Derrick Rose only at 24 most nights. Now, your issue here is how long can you count on Derrick Rose to be this? Yes. How long can you count on Derrick Rose to be healthy? And also, because and also, I don't want to tap Tyus too much. I, I want Tyus to be as effective as possible, but I don't want to ask too much of Tyus and have him start to struggle because of that. Well, I think those are my two things. I think getting the most out of Tyus is doing what last night was, where he he's not a starting point guard. He's a very he's a good backup point guard in this NBA, but he's someone that has to have the ball in his hand so he can 
make plays for himself and others. He's never going to be a high volume shooter. Like he took seven shots last night, probably going to be very few games where that the number of shots attempted gets higher than that. Mm-hmm. But you can see he had a double double last night. He had ten assists. Oh yeah, he was good last night. Like, he was awesome. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm oh, saying, I know. I'm saying how do we get how do we but get to the most to... productive rotation possible that also includes Akogi? And if it's trading Teague, that's fine. I think I just it don't might want to ask too much of of Rose or Tyus. And and but the one concerning thing about Rose is what you just that brought is, up. That is the biggest concern with my scenario is the health of Derrick Rose now and in the future. He's been healthy for the most part this season, but his history is everything but that. And that's something that you can't ignore. His you, body's been through a lot. Yeah, you can't act like Derrick Rose. Sounds is like a, he's seventy-eight years old. <laughs> but but Derrick Rose, he's been through a lot. Let's just let him go. His body has been, man. He's I know, not wrong, no. man. He's, no, he's right. He's got. He's thirty but years old, I, but, but he's got the, the body here. of somebody that's but, not and, his age. And Tibbs, Tibbs talked. Tibbs has talked about it multiple times this season. Every time Derrick has a big game. He always says, "Well, this this past summer was the first summer where he was not rehabbing an injury in like five years. Mm-hmm. So his body has been beat up quite a bit." Speaking of beat up bodies, oh, here we go. I have this. No, it's a serious question. It's a concern. Okay. You won last night, one thirty-two to one hundred five. You were up at one point in the first half by thirty-six points, and then in the second half, and things the, didn't go as well. They didn't, but you still went went back up by twenty-nine. Anyway, the point being, Robert Covington, sore right knee, has definitely been slow. To, we've talked about this. He has not been the same player in recent games. He did look he better was, last but night. He did look better. He did look better, which is which is encouraging. And you say to yourself, "Well, it's a blowout. I can get him." More time off now. Mm-hmm. And instead, he played in the first half 21 minutes. And in the second half, he played, he continued to play um, 15 more. All right, explain explain this to me because this does reek of classic Tibbs. And this is the sort of thing that drives people crazy. And in an 82-game season, knowing how hard Covington plays and his importance, I don't understand the need to keep playing him last night. I asked Tibbs about this after the game because this was, I mean, we had gotten to the point in the press conference where it was kind of nearing the end and no one had asked yet, so I'm like, well, I'll be the guy. Um, He said he wanted Covington to be able to find his rhythm and get his rhythm back because he didn't really have it on the West Coast after missing that Portland game, which I get. But I don't think 36 minutes was the answer. And Covington said he was fine playing that much, and he told Tibbs when to get him, and he said... You know, he he wanted to be out there. He didn't necessarily say it was for his rhythm. He said he wanted to be out there to to kind of keep everyone in check defensively with that that second unit to start the fourth quarter. Because yeah. he said, you know, I really wasn't doing a ton offensively, and he was right. I mean, his numbers in the second half offensively were nothing to write home about, which is fine. I mean, I don't think his numbers, period, in the second half should have been anything to write home about. If I were if I were running that team last night, he would have played the first six minutes of the third quarter. Well, actually, he probably would have ended up playing a little bit more because the Kings went on that run. But I would not have played him for a second in the fourth quarter. No chance. And it's the coach's job to me with a veteran player like that to save him from himself. Mm-hmm. So even if he says, I, "Coach, I, I can keep going," you say, "Absolutely not. We need you. Mm-hmm. You're too important." But this is also a head coach with a history of oh, we know. playing his guys too long and. You but, know, but in this case, there's no injuries happen, and yeah. and in this case, there's no reason to, like there's None. no there's no compelling yeah. reason if you're the coach to say, well, I mean, he's going to get his rhythm if he keeps playing. This is a guy who's going to be just fine. Yeah, and and he's a pro. Yeah, and he, most it's, importantly, it's not like he's okay. going to play his ass off. Here's where no I could understand this. 
say if this was a guy like Josh Akogi in this position. Let's just say Akogi was getting Covington's minutes. Just let's pretend Robert Covington didn't exist here. Okay. All right. For my hypothetical exercise to try and make sense of this. Let's okay. pretend Josh Akogi is playing all of Robert Covington's minutes because Robert Covington does not exist. Mm-hmm. Say he misses a game. It's his first year in the league. He's out of rhythm. I could see playing him that many minutes to try and find his rhythm because he's new to all of this. He's new to the NBA. He's new to being a professional. And he's young. He's young. He's new to finding his way through this league. Mm-hmm. I could understand in that situation playing a guy 35 minutes to try and get his, his feet back under him after missing a little bit of time and then being out of rhythm. But Robert Covington is none of those things. Correct. And that's the issue at hand. And if it were a guy even like Tyus Jones. And he's clearly been slowed of late, too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's been no question that he, in recent games, especially on that road trip, Danny, was not the same No, player. he did not look so like So this the is same not player. a tough decision here. Correct. This is not a, At least well, not for you and I. Exactly. Let's get to this one. Ding, ding. And the 3-2 knocked in the air to well hit left field. Back goes Jay at the wall. So, Joe Maurer officially retires from the Twins on the 13th of last month, correct? November 13th. Mm -hmm. Can somebody explain to me why about a month after we now go to where? Creighton Durham High School, his high school, and announced that we're going to retire his number seven. Why didn't we do this a month ago at at the tears and tissue press conference? Or at, somebody, least, or at least let it breathe a little, little longer. Well, like, this was kind of a weird time to do or it. Or just, you know, never retire it. Let, let it be suspense and, like, visit it five years from now. There was no chance that was going to happen. Why not? Cunningham. Let's be suspenseful, there was no, man. Have some fun but, with it. But why Play did, around. Why didn't we just get up there that day and say, Joe Maurer's retiring. It's been one of the great careers in Twins history. And, oh, by the way, you all know this, but nobody will wear the number seven again. I don't get it. But anyway. Should have gave it to Buxton. Anyway. Actually, he wants it. That's what's so funny. His number is number <laughs> seven. Uh, on the Unchained podcast that Patrick and I do, Royce had, Royce had some thoughts. Hold on a second here, because this is great. On the Twins retiring, Maurer's number seven. Back to Joe Maurer. Uh, yeah. Let him go. You know, let him go play golf. Go shoot deer out of a stand. Leave him alone <laughs> for about three years. <laughs> Four years, and then have him come back, and you know this rush to honor him is uh, preposterous. That's Patrick. Patrick, leave him alone. Hashtag leave Joe alone. Joe wants nothing to do with ceremonies now, or speeches, or press conferences. Leave Joe alone. TCL Broadcast Studios. The show is Mackie and Judd. Phil joins the show as he always does at four o'clock. Until then, Zolga, Danny Cunningham, Manny Hill, Jonathan Harrison. Back after this. What is it you're trying to say? Now, back to Mackie and Judd. What? On 1500 ESPN. All right, quick check on your traffic here in the TCL Broadcast Studios. One crash to tell you about right now in the Metro. That's uh, on Highway 100 southbound in Brooklyn Center between 57th Avenue North and Brooklyn Boulevard. And uh, that may be slowing things down just a little bit, but otherwise everything else around the Metro moving smoothly. You notice how the energy has gone down since 
Josh Akogi's left the game. Do you feel how the energy has just left the building? One guy in a basketball game can so impact the game. Well, it, it also has something to do with Derrick Rose has that ability. Sizable. You know, obviously, is, I know, but I'm just saying, though, like, just defensively, how he flies around and makes stuff happen. By the way, he sucks. Stuff happens. Jim Pete wanted to make his point, and damn it, he was going to make his point. Good on you, Jim. And he's 100% right. Uh, okay, Danny and uh, Manny, explain this to me. 12 and 4 at home. 2-12 and 12 on the road. Oh, boy. 0-11 oh <laughs> on the road against Western Conference teams, which reminds me of the Wolves' lack of success last year against, I think, bad Eastern Conference teams. They were 13-17 and 17 against the Eastern Conference last year. Okay. Everybody was tweeting at me saying, the Wolves should be in the East. But yeah, like, no, they shouldn't. Well, what's this about? Like 12-4 and four at home, 2-12 and 12 on the road. I get it's yeah. hard on the road, but they've also played some road games that were eminently winnable. We talked about it on the... We did a live stream of Raised by Wolves this morning, me, Danny, and, and Dane, and we talked about that, like... What what's going on? But yeah, I can't believe you missed that. <laughs> I was busy. I was you doing were, something this morning. I was taking with Royce. Oh, I was taking with Royce. Yeah. You were busy leaving Joe Mauer alone. Leave Joe Mauer alone. <laughs> but really, the thing of it is, Judd, is it it really is. I mean, part of it is they just don't do very well on the road. But this has kind of become a league wide thing. I mean, you look across the league, a lot of teams have bad road records. Now the Wolves are near the bottom. I think their road record is what Danny like. Third or fourth worst in the league. Uh, their road record is two and twelve. The Phoenix Suns are two and thirteen, and the Atlanta Hawks are two and fourteen. Yeah, so they have like the third worst. So the, the Wolves are bad on the road, but this is kind of a league wide thing where everybody is doing really well at home for the most part, and the only team that's like really balanced right now in the West is Houston, I think. That has a similar home and road record, and then like Toronto has has been really good on the road. Houston seven and nine on the road. Of the thirty NBA teams, twenty one of them are below five hundred on the road. Yeah, but not this bad. No, I but mean, this is this is atrocious. No, but like Utah, Utah has already played twenty road games this year. They're nine and eleven on the road, which is ridiculous that they've played that many road games. I was going to say mm-hmm. what? What does the league have against the Utah Jazz? San Antonio four and ten. The Pelicans four and eleven. Um, the Suns two and thirteen. As I said, the Mavericks are in seventh place in the West, two and ten on the road. Yeah. Um, even Golden State eight and seven on the road. The Thunder are, have been arguably the best team in the NBA after their zero and four start. They're seven and seven away from uh, Chesapeake. So are you telling are you telling me that this isn't a big deal, or it's not a big deal as it looks to be because so many other teams are it's bad? It's still a big deal the because they've been so bad on the road. But it's not the be all end all of this team. It's not like oh well, all these other teams know how to win away from home and the. The Timberwolves just have no clue. Like it's it's a league wide thing where just teams can't find a way to win on the road. Like the Detroit Pistons are in sixth place in the East. They're four and seven on the road. The only thing that I would like to see is just that energy. And I know it's easier because they're at home and they can sort of feed off of the crowd. But that energy that they brought last night, they that they've got to find a way to get that to translate but, on the road. But what's weird at times is the crowd hasn't been great. No, like a right. lot of times the crowd, the crowd's been ambivalent well, and small. Well, well, I mean, some crowds have been good, but not I, all I, crowds. The crowd, it, Target Center, things it gets loud in there. When Josh Akogi stands up, okay. mm-hmm. unzips his warm up, and takes a step th- towards the scorer's table, that's when it gets the loudest in, inside of Target Center. Right, and the second loudest is when they boo Tibbs after warm ups. <laughs> I was going to say that's I've sat by you too when when it's been quiet as a church. Oh yeah, I mean, so, so I this think is not the, a jam packed. 
Target Center on a nightly basis where, where you say there's a huge home court advantage here. I think the first game I covered here was Nets-Wolves. It was the Monday after they made the trade. Covington and Charge did not play. It's when the guy had the gruesome ankle yes, injury. Yes, it's when Karis LeVert dislocated yeah. his foot. That's not good. If you ever wanted to take a nap inside of an NBA arena with a game going on, that was the night to do it. Like, you could have fallen asleep in you, your chair you heard and had all no problem. all kinds of obscenities being thrown at Tibbs. There was one guy that yelled a couple of different things at Tibbs. And you could and but you could hear it clear as I guess, clear as day. I guess my question then is why are they so much more comfortable at home when when there's not this huge advantage of the crowd? Because you are in your routines. That's something that we don't talk about. Like they get to sleep in their own bed, shoot rounds at the same time, at the same place. They see the same people. So we're mentally soft, is what you're telling me. We're very routine oriented. I wouldn't say mentally I've, soft. I would say I can fix that. Routine oriented. I can fix that. How can you fix that, Judd? <clears throat> well, you uh, you go to your you go to Cat and you say, Cat, we got to work on on this. You and me, because I'm going to be. You know what? Unlike Tibbs, I'm going to be a, a a supporter of you, and we've got to find a way to get this team prepared to play road games. See, I we got to get mentally tougher. It's it's not a mental toughness thing. I don't think. I think it's your your body becomes so used to everything that you do at home. It's you sleep in your bed. You don't have to travel at all. Like you're not on a flight typically mm -hmm. to get there. You go through shoot around. You're in your locker room. You have your same support staff. You see all these familiar faces. It just becomes you're in such a routine at home. And on the road, everything gets thrown off. I'm not saying that's why they lose road games, but that's why some teams struggle away from home. Well, Judd, you know, I mean, Tibbs does like to talk about toughness quite a bit. We have to have a toughness. We showed a lot of toughness down the stretch. I thought our team did show toughness, the mental toughness, some mental toughness, and their toughness. You need toughness. You need toughness. We have to develop our mental toughness. Bring a lot of toughness to our team. He makes our team very tough. You got to bring a toughness. Build mental toughness. We have to be mentally tough. We got to play tough down the stretch. They're all tough. Every loss is tough. That's an impressive list. He does sound... He he missed his calling. He should have been a hockey coach. <laughs> Talking about grit and toughness. He should have been a hockey coach. He was meant to be a hockey coach. How do you think he'd fare? I think he would have fared very well in 1985. Now I think it'd be a disaster. Could you imagine if he was I mean, coaching not, the Wild instead of instead of Boudreaux? Oh, he'd bag skate Ryan, constantly. Ryan Suter would get like 40 minutes of ice time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so what? 40. He'd, play, he'd, get, he'd get the entire game. He'd never come <laughs> off the ice. What coach do we think would be the most successful in another sport? Like, which co coach of one of the four major sports would be more would be the most successful coaching something else? The first one that comes to mind for me is I think Popovich would be a great football coach. Why is that? Because I think he's incredibly intelligent, reads people very well, um, plays them to their to their strengths. Like for all the hard ass stuff that that he does during games, as far as you know, sideline in interviews and things like that. I think he's really really smart, and I think he knows how to. I think he knows how to get the most from people, and I could see him becoming a very good X's and O's football coach and having a lot of success. I know he's not a coach, but I think Danny Ainge, great baseball manager. He played the game. That's why. Yeah, played for hmm. uh, Blue Jays, right? Um, I believe so. I think he played for for them. Yeah, that's that's why I picked him. Well, that's too easy. Well, oh, sorry. <laughs> what did you want me to say? Well, I wanted you to come up with a guy that didn't work in that. Did you sport want me to be creative? Time. I mean, would Belichick You're be asking the wrong guy for that? <laughs> All right. Wow. Thanks, Jonathan. Danny Ainge made yes. his debut, major league debut, right? with the Toronto Blue Jays on May twenty first, nineteen seventy nine. His last MLB appearance. September 22nd, 1981, it was also for the Blue Jays. 
Career batting average of 220 with two home runs and 37 runs driven in. BYU, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. Man, I know my Danny Ainge. He's a Mormon. Does I don't he, know doesn't why. doesn't drink. Really? Really. Well, good for him. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that job, how he doesn't drink, but good for him. Uh, final Wolves thing for you. What are we to make of the of the weekend dust-up? So there's a couple Instagram posts, I guess. Oh, yeah. About, this, is, about, this is why I love the NBA, this kind of stuff. It's about great. one asking for Tibbs' dismissal and one one that was critical of Jeff Teague. And I believe this transpired on Saturday night during the Phoenix game. Is that right? And so Taj Gibson, who was at his aunt's funeral away from the team and didn't play in, in North that Carolina. Game, in North Carolina, his account liked both of these. And it was a big enough deal that it sounds like Tibbs called Taj to say, what's going on here? Because Taj is a Tibbs guy. And then Taj talked yesterday about it, correct? Yes, he did. And Taj said that he was not the the one to do it. And a lot of these guys, when you become a professional athlete and have that kind of following, you are not the only one with access to your Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or whatever account. Like You have someone that is on your team that helps to manage that. And I assume Taj is the same way. I, I would... About a significant chunk of change that Taj Gibson is not the only one with the password to his Instagram account. Mm-hmm. Someone else has it on their phone because it, it asks a lot for... And if you look at his account, like with the captions and the pictures and everything, it looks like it's run by somebody else. It does not look like Taj Gibson sitting there and just be like, oh, this look, this could be great for the gram. And Taj Gibson doesn't <laughs> does not. He does not me. strike me as a gram guy. No, exactly. An Instagram guy or a Twitter guy, to be honest. So I kind of I tend to believe that it wasn't him that did this, and someone on his his management team did. Um, Why would they do that to him? They probably forgot which account they were on. They probably okay. have their own account on their phone too. All right, that's plausible. And probably gotcha. didn't realize. Oh, I'm on Taj's account as I'm liking things. <laughs> Instead of being on whatever their name is. Yeah, fire Tibbs. Yeah, like it's probably one of Taj's associates that does feel that Jeff Teague shouldn't be playing and that Tibbs should be fired. And that's not to say Taj feels that way, but he probably thought he was on his own account and was like, yeah, that guy's right. And it popped up. Oh, Taj Gibson 22 thinks I'm right. Poor Taj, too. Yeah, I especially going I, through, I would shut the accounts down, but that's just me personally. But I mean, if he's, I got, Taj, such a large, I he's got such a large following in... Yeah. And that may not play into what he does now, but you don't know what his after basketball aspirations are. And having almost Re- relaunch it after basketball, and having almost five hundred thousand followers on Instagram could be a start to something for him. I find the the whole thing about that story that I found the most intriguing was the fact that Tibbs called him. Oh, because oh, for all for all coaches say it's outside noise. I don't care. I don't care what happens outside. Blah blah. Right? Mm-hmm. You always get that. What if Taj would have said, "Yeah, it was me." What if what if Taj would have come came out and said, "Yeah, I like it." What if what if Taj did do it and they concocted the story that it wasn't Taj because they would are never going to come out and tell you that it was Taj. I know, but what if, what if that's what happened? What if Taj is the one that liked it? Then I think Tim's feelings would be incredibly hurt, and and he'd be very surprised. But what the hell is he going to do? Nothing. And what happens exactly? I mean, he's not going to get rid of him. He needs him. You should start making comments like these on Instagram and see who likes him. <laughs> Go start commenting on Taj's page. See what kind of likes you get. <laughs> We're gonna, we'll get to the bottom. And then and then if you comment enough negative things about Tibbs that, that start picking up likes and we can like yep. go through and find common likers of the comments, we might be able to snuff out the sneak. Was Taj going to block that shot w- with a shoe in hand? He tried. Time? He tried to. He tried. That was a great Did you see the sequence. picture of it? Yes. It's a great. I, I, I tweeted I out the picture it. of it at Real D Cunningham on Twitter. Great. And credit to Danny, too. 
for asking Tibbs about it after the game and yeah. getting Tibbs to laugh. That's I've the gotten, second I've time this to year laugh twice. he's gotten Tom Thibodeau to laugh. That might be a record, Jeff. I've got to be the leader on that. Did you guys did you guys see Tibbs that when uh, FSN showed him on the bench sitting down, which is shocking, <laughs> smiling? I went back, stopped the DVR, took a picture, and tweeted it. Wow, full smile. Wow, like really happy. But yeah, I got him never to laugh. seen it before. I got him to laugh. So two laughs. I got what, what was laugh number one? Um, when I asked him, I after, think I might have been there for this. I don't think you were. It was the first game that Covington and Sharks played. Okay. And I asked about the pairing of Covington and Kogi. This was oh, more that, so. I wasn't you right. This was me. He took it as me trying to, and Covington played 41 minutes in his team debut. So he like took it as me tr- asking if like Robert was going to play more. When in reality, I was asking, I was trying to take a veiled question of, is Josh Kogi still going to be in the rotation? Okay. Um. He, he and he. Uh, Manny, can you say, are you asking for more minutes for Robert in your Tim's voice, please? Are you advocating for more minutes for Robert? And then he laughed. Um, and I go, no, I don't think that's possible. And he laughed more. Um, <laughs> you learned it wasn't last night. No. <laughs> or, or perhaps a long time. <laughs> um, but then again, last night, um, like I asked a question about, uh, I asked the question about Covington's minutes. And he gave me that rhythm answer. And then I, I go, and then have you ever had a player try and block a shot with a shoe? And he laughed. He goes, "You really see something different in the NBA every night." It, it was really. Uh, it was good. He he was good on that. Yeah, the he answer was, was good. He, I he liked laughed. It. Yeah, it was fun. Then he said, "I was waiting to see what the officials yes. were going to say afterwards." I wish you would have got it. With what would have been? <laughs> what would the call have been? If you I think, it, I think it's part of your body. Yeah. So if you because you can't you can't call a kick. You can't call it a kick because it's a not a kick. But it's, hold, it's not his foot. So if you took your shoe off theoretically though and extended it. And it, I think now we body. need to start playing you can basketball. Start shots like we got to start wearing Get shoes on our feet too, and, or just like <laughs> bring the bring the shoe down on, on the opponent's head and bonk him. Or right trying to give him CTE. Well, yeah, I'm just thinking ways to. Get a competitive advantage. Give guys concussions. Man. Hey, hey, Mike Miller made a three pointer in the NBA Finals with one shoe on. So yeah, Roger Goodell likes to rule about smacking guys with shoes too. <laughs> what, what's coming up in your four deep thoughts, Manny? Uh, well, you know what? I thought I'd play it a little bit differently for four deep thoughts this week. Each one of my four deep thoughts is something that each one of you, Judd, Danny, Jonathan, and myself, would enjoy. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, Mackie and Judd are back. Okay, then. On 1500 ESPN. We now present Manny Hill's Four Deep Thoughts. All right. Ready to go here, gentlemen? Yes, we are. All right, Judd, this four, this first of the four deep thoughts is for you. Number one. My eyes are was a disconnect between what he was uh, preaching and how the players were playing. And, you know, as the leader of the team, that responsibility falls on him, and I felt that at this point we needed a new voice. That is your guy, Judd, Chuck Fletcher, former GM of the Minnesota Wild, now current GM of the Philadelphia Flyers after... Uh, the Flyers announced that they have de- uh, parted ways with head coach Dave Haxtall. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. What do you think? Is this going to work for the uh, Flyers? Are I they going to hire Joe Q? I think the fly. Well, the issue is that the Flyers were previously with uh, Ron Hextall as their GM. We're in the Sixers mode of we're, this is going to take a long time and we're going to be very patient and we're going to build. And ownership, have a process. And ownership at some point in time said, uh, we're tired of this. They fired Hextall. 
And they put Fletcher in a very difficult position. Now, the reports on Sunday were that Haxtell had been fired and Quenville had been hired as coach. The Flyers immediately denied everything. They got home on Monday and fired Haxtell. So, yes, I think Q is going to get the job. They've called up that goaltender, Carter Hart, from the American Hockey League, 20-year-old super prospect who was supposedly struggling in the minors, and so they were going to leave him down for a while. Well, he's going to play tonight. This is... Fletcher took a job under which there's immediate pressure and it's going to be very difficult. Quenville's very good, but I don't know that it's smart to go from trusting the process to bleep that, let's just go. <laughs> do, so Do they I, have enough to turn it around I quick enough? I don't know that they do. I don't know that they do, and I don't know that, that you can go midstream in season and just change things immediately. So uh, I think Chuck might have taken a job at which he saw opportunity, but I don't know that that opportunity is going to lead to ultimate success for a while at least. All right. Number two. This one's for me. Breeze is under center. He's going to give the handoff to Kamara out to the right side. Lots of room. Running towards the front pylon. Walks into the end zone. And the Saints with their first touchdown of the night. 16 yards, Alvin Kamara. The only reason why I picked that highlight is because you guys know I love my guy Alvin Kamara, former Tennessee Vol, all that good stuff. Not really a Saints fan, but I love Kamara. That was a interesting football game last night. A little sloppy, low scoring, but uh, the Saints get a uh, get a chokehold on the number one seed in the NFC by beating the Panthers 12-9 after Breeze threw a pick two after that touchdown by uh, Kamara. Why is Cam Newton playing is my question. He can't throw. I know. He's, Cam he's, Newton's arm is a he's, complete He's banged mess. up. That line can't protect him. And, I mean, he already takes a lot of hits anyway because he runs a lot. Everyone there is going to get fired. <laughs> Ron Rivera's going to get fired. Norv's. I think everyone's gone. I think they got they, new ownership too, right? If I were they not something like six and four going into the they were six Steelers game or six yeah, and two they were going six into that two. Steelers game on a Thursday night? They give like fifty two points. Mm-hmm. They are a complete train wreck now. Yeah, they're pretty bad. And uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see how. Oh, and by the way, goes. why when you fumble a ball through the end or so out of dumb. the end zone is that a touchback? So so, so like if I fumble a ball at yeah. the one yard line and it dribbles out of bounds at the one, I get the ball back at the one. Mm-hmm. But yet if I fumble it and it happens to go bounce in the end zone and go out of the end zone, it's a touchback and the opposing team get why? So dumb. Like Shouldn't who? it just be spotted at like the one yard line yes. or something it like be that? Where yeah. you fumbled the ball at? Okay, that's fine sure. too. Yes, yeah. where you that's, fumbled the that's ball. That's very fair. Where the ball but, was fumbled. But who can, who came up with that rule? The NFL. <laughs> but like, it, who didn't say Johnny, this gonna, is stupid? Are you, are you going to try and explain a rule or understand why the NFL has a certain rule? But it's been that <laughs> it's been that way for a long, long time, and it makes no sense to me. Remember when you told me not to try and make sense of anything that the wolves do? But, I'm telling you right okay, now, you don't try to this. don't try to make sense of anything or any you can rule change that the, the NFL wolves has. Too. Competition committee. I'm trying. I'm trying to change a lot of things, Danny Cunningham. <laughs> Number three. Ooh, Danny, this is for you. Woo. Plenty of time on the play clock. They break the hole. Oh, yeah. Callaway wide to the left. Duke Johnson on the right <laughs> hip of Mayfield <laughs> in the shotgun. My guy, Jimmy D. slot right. Higgins wide right. Mayfield charges up to the line. Slaps his hands into the shotgun with the Duke on his left hip. He wants the ball. He's got the ball. He's looking left. He throws. End zone. Touchdown. It's Callaway. And the Bulls lead with 11.44 to go in the game. Danny, you you know what? I gotta I gotta let you you should be you should be able to enjoy this as Hell a yeah. as a lifelong scorned Browns fan who's gone through it in your very young twenty five years of life. You you should be able to enjoy some of this. This is basically yeah. it feels fun. 
How much fun? So much fun. He's pretty fun. So we were we had our holiday party on uh on Saturday night. Jonathan, great to see you there. Judd, you too. Um <laughs> Glad was, I could make that appearance for you. Yeah, it was great to hang out with you guys outside <laughs> of the office. Um so I see you enough. No, you don't. <laughs> so at the end of the game, everyone else went over to the casino night side of the holiday party with with all of Hubbard, like four hundred people. Mm-hmm. And Phil Mackey and myself are the only two left at the dinner table. We're watching the Browns game on my phone. Like, it's oh, okay. just us just us watching the Browns game on my phone. Yes. Jabril Peppers got the sack on 4th and 10 of Case Keenum that clinched the game, and I went nuts. I was so happy. I was, like, on cloud nine. Well, you it, should be. It was it's so finally, fun. It's about time. Oh, I was you so should, excited. You know what? I don't begrudge you for one second. Can somebody explain one thing, though? What was uh, Broncos coach Vance Joseph doing in that game? Matthew Collar was not happy with it. But him. he was like dragging his feet too. Like they were, they should have been moving and he yeah. was just, it was like they had all the time. I, I didn't get it. I don't know if. I think we, he's gone too. Yeah, we should, we I should mean, ask Collar oh, later this week. It wasn't week. a time issue about them. I mean, they got stopped on fourth down. They had like 45 seconds left. But he also dragged his feet. Um, oh, by the way, I read I read a story just quickly here. Last year, and it got blocked. They were going to fire Vance Joseph, rehire Elway was Mike Shanahan. I saw that. And guess who was going to take? And guess who was going to take a discount to go play quarterback for Shanahan because he loves him so much? Kirk Cousins. Yes. Mm. The plan, and it was blocked by the president. I forget his name, but the president of the Broncos. No, the guy above Elway. Or well, on Pat a par Bowen's with not, him. Pat no, Bowen's not running no, that team no, no, anymore. Some, no, but they've got another executive mm-hmm. who hired uh, John to basically run the football ops. Anyway, the point being, Cousins was prepared to take a discount to go to Denver to play for Mike Shanahan. Shanahan, because Shanahan loved him so much in Washington. Yeah. Wow. Go. Number four. And, Jonathan, this one's just for you. Yeah. Now, just to finish, do you know that what was the result? 3-0. 3-0. Do you know what this means? Three nil, but also mean three premierships, and I won more premierships alone than the other 19 managers together. Three for me and two for them. Respect, 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 man, respect, respect. <sighs> Finally. Yeah. So it's, it's Josie Mourinho. Jose Mourinho is out Mourinho. at Manchester United. <laughs> I was gonna say Altador. <laughs> uh, he can. Leave soccer, too. I'm not a fan of Josie Altidore. No, Jose Mourinho is out at Manchester United. His three-year reign as the manager of one of the world's biggest clubs is done. Thankfully, mercifully, it's done. It'll be interesting to see where the world's biggest club goes from here on out. That's your club. That is my club, yes. So so what was this guy's? problem why didn't man U fans like this guy was it just was it that sound that like because that was back in what august e- around there yeah yeah uh that was part of it it's he didn't play the style that manchester united fans are used to he yeah. played winning? a more defensive style well winning too uh <laughs> he wasn't doing a whole lot of winning uh he played a more defensive style where manchester united fans are used to attack 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 and he wasn't doing that he wasn't getting the most out of his players he spent about 325 million dollars bringing players in and they were Six in the league, so time to go. And your new gaffer is going to be? Uh, still to be decided. There's going to be an interim for the rest of the season, and then they'll hire the full the new full time guy in the summer. You what's, should apply. What's, what's Jurgen doing these days? 
Oh, you're yeah. Don't no, no. Jurgen Klinsmann ain't come, come ain't going on. to Manchester United. You're going after the Tottenham guy. Yeah. Come chances, on, yeah. Mauricio Pochettino. Chances oh, okay. they go 417 days before hiring a full time manager. Zero. Are you sure? I am absolutely positive. How a club do you know? that's on the New York Stock Exchange will not go 417 days without hiring a manager. That club's profit will tank. Are you an owner of them? No. You should buy them and the Packers. Yeah. Right. Fake papers. Now, back to Mackie and Judd. Hello, boy. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios. So what do you think? It's <laughs> pretty cool, I guess. On 1500 ESPN. All right, quick check on traffic here in the TCL Broadcast Studios. 35W northbound Minneapolis. we got a crash between Portland Avenue South and Highway 55. So be on the lookout for that. Also, uh, speaking of Highway 55, westbound in Minneapolis, Highway 55, we got a crash between East 26th Street and 94. So be on the lookout for those two crashes if you're in that area on the south side of Minneapolis, folks. to criticize the quarterback in Green Bay. But for what you're paying and the glory he's gotten versus the productivity you're getting now, it's 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 not 2014 anymore. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, you paid yeah. him a lot of money to be the leader of this team and to be a guy that was going to, to take this team to the next level. And granted, he shouldn't have to do it all by himself, but damn it, you got to come out better than that. If he's not healthy, I'd play the best backup that you have a chance with. And then going Well, really, the, the only season, backup, I mean, they got Boyle, but the, Deshaun Kaiser is their official backup. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Go, back, go! The resignation in that guy's It is voice. the most amazing oh. resignation ever. Because it's just sort of like he hadn't even thought it through. And then he, and then they bring the reality of the situation to his attention. And he's, he's like, "Yeah, here it is." If he's not healthy, I'd play the best backup that you have a chance with. And then going. Well, really, the, the only season, backup. I mean, they got Boyle, but Deshaun Kaiser is their official backup. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's the <laughs> ultimate. That's amazing. Is that not the ultimate? <laughs> oh, we're screwed. Phone call. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you still got Rodgers, but he's like, yeah. your backup, sir. How did they think that Deshaun Kaiser would be, like, a viable backup? It's not even that. It's the guy they traded for him, Demarius Randall, is having, like, a Pro Bowl season for the Browns. He might not be named a Pro Bowler, but he's going to be close. He's been awesome at them for safety this year. Like, he's been one of legitimately one of the best safeties in the NFL. And the trade was just straight up Deshaun Kaiser for Demarius Randall. I mean, Brett Hundley was terrible last year, but Dude, he, was he was so bad. But he was better than Deshaun was, Kaiser. The, well, just the, go and just go sign a backup quarterback. Yeah, go the get only a guy thing, that the only some thing Brett Hundley was good at is chewing gum. <laughs> oh, him and awful. him and Pete Carroll are a match made in heaven. <laughs> the fact that yeah they are the fact that Mike McCarthy also th- also really believed in his mind. I can work with Brett Hundley. Well, it's is the hilarious. Mike McCarthy school of quarterbacking, Judd. What it is. He well, was so condescending to the media in Wisconsin last year about how hard he had been working. And, and somebody asked him about Kaepernick, right? Yes. Because somebody oh, asked him about yeah. Kaepernick, and, you know, he got like. Did you listen to the question I just answered? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know that clip. We yeah. used to play that clip we, all we, the time. We, we got three years invested in Joe Callahan and Brett Hundley, and this is what we're going to do. 
It is like at what point in time, and, and this especially is true, I think, of football coaches. But at what point in time do they do they get gifted with the kid like Aaron, who's phenomenal, and and they might help in some ways, right? Sure, but they they don't they help them get they, to their they ceiling. help them. But when when do coaches jump that shark to think you know what that's me, Aaron's me, Aaron um, Rodgers is me. You have to be no, but they but so many of them are. I know. Well, one, he doesn't have a job anymore. Your guy, Hugh. Ian. Oh no, oh, that's I was talking about, about Hugh. Mike. No, no. Oh, oh no. Hugh is another one though. Hugh is. Oh, but Hugh, yeah. Hugh is the greatest self promoter in football because there's no way that guy should continue to have jobs. Do you think Hugh, when he when he lays down at night and Hugh's head hits the pillow, do you think he he knows that he shouldn't be a head coach ever again? No. Not a chance. Because McCarthy, I wouldn't say that about. I think McCarthy, I think there's some things about Mike that are delusional, but I don't know that he's a terrible head coach. In fact, I don't think he is. Um, with Hugh Jackson, I don't think there's any question. Like after watching Hard Knocks, he there's no. He thinks he should get another chance, and he's going to get another chance. He is going to be the head coach of the Bengals whenever Marvin Lewis is done. Did you just listen to that question I just answered? Okay, I got three years invested in Brett Hundley, two years invested in Joe Callahan. The quarterback room is exactly where it needs to be, okay? We're fortunate to have a great quarterback. It was Aaron Rodgers. We're committed to the path that we're on. We need to play better as a football He sounds convinced, though. <laughs> he was. No, but, I mean, how crazy do you have to be to be convinced of that? Nuts. He was Like, you've got to be off your rocker. He was. Clearly. And did he you hear, they were like, on the, the path anger? that they needed to be on. The quarterback. And by the way, he also mentioned Joe Callahan. (laughs) Joe Callahan played. He played week 17 in Detroit against the Lions. I was there. I watched it happen live. Joe Callahan got snaps in an NFL game. And? Three years invested, man. And what were No, only two in him. And what was your review of Joe Callahan getting snaps in an NFL game? It was ugly. It was ugly. But the anger in that response, (laughs) that's what gets me. Can you play it again, please? Oh, I got to get it queued up. You have to queue it up. Sorry. But the, the did you listen to that question? You, yeah. I just answered? The def, like the defiance of don't you know how hard I've worked with these guys? And, no, you know, he I'm, thinks nah. he thinks Aaron. He thinks that he can do the same thing. He thinks he's responsible for Aaron Rodgers. Now I'm a highly successful head coach. You guys ever played that one? If not, no. Look that up. Okay. Mike McCarthy, highly successful head coach. Did you just listen to the question I just answered? <laughs> So bad. Okay, I got three years invested in Brett Hundley, two years invested in Joe Callahan. The quarterback room is exactly where it needs to be. Okay, we're fortunate to have a great quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. We're committed to the path that we're on. I mean, I feel bad for the reporter. Who, who was it? I think that's Michael Cohen, but I'm not positive. Okay, who, who now covers it wasn't the your team. guy Wildy, was it, Judd? That no, asked that no, no, and I don't think he would have. He now covers the team for the Athletic. Definitely wasn't Wildy. He wouldn't have um, done that. I don't think it was something. I don't think it was Aaron Nagler either. Oh, I think that's Michael Cohen. Okay, but does he realize now that his three years and two years in, invested in these two backup QBs was a complete waste of his time? I, I don't know. He might. I mean, he completely was spinning his wheels. It's like you could have gone to him and been like, Mike, you're wasting your time here. He was. You are completely well, wasting your time. Well, I mean, they up. realized that because they traded away Brett Hundley no, for I a seventh-round pick this summer. But the anger— And in, then went get to Sean Kaiser. But the anger and defiance— No, they had Kaiser first. Kaiser won the battle there. Kaiser oh, won okay. the battle for the backup okay. spot in Green Bay. Wow. All right. Thanks, Danny. You got it. TCL Broadcast Studios, come back. Mackie joins the show next.